0: Dog Days of Podcasting, Day 24, Thursday, August 27th, 2020. Today's topic, SARS and MERS and an introduction to coronaviruses. Before we we begin, a note about HIV-AIDS, which I covered in the last two episodes. Yesterday, I mentioned that while preparing for the episode, an email came in with an article about a new AIDS drug. Since then, with no effort, two more articles have popped up in my social media feeds. One was a Forbes article discussing new approaches to treat AIDS victims also suffering from tuberculosis, which can be a pretty big problem. The second was in today's New York Times regarding another person who may be cured of AIDS. Although, in kind of a weird way, I mentioned yesterday how someone was considered cured from a bone marrow transplant. There were actually two people, but I mentioned just one. And these two were considered the only two people ever cured of AIDS. This new person, and there might be some others, it seems they have somewhat naturally cured themselves, although they have been taking ART, antiretroviral therapy. Remember that HIV is an RNA retrovirus, meaning it makes DNA and shoves that DNA into the host cell. So imagine you take medication which kills every single HIV particle in your body. The problem is you still have HIV DNA in your cells, and if that gets expressed, it can recreate the virus, if I understand this correctly. So it's really hard to cure someone when it's literally now in your genes. But somehow these people have managed to tuck that viral DNA into a certain part of their own genes, their genome, that is so crowded that that part never gets expressed. Those genes never actually get converted into proteins. I don't totally get that, but this is the idea. And so the these people are considered functionally cured because that viral DNA can never reproduce the HIV virus. They are in effect cured. Kind of strange, but the point is that there is so much research research going on with HIV and AIDS. I think you can make a podcast that does nothing but talks about current research in the area. And maybe someone has. I don't know. I didn't look. Okay, on to today's topics. I believe in an earlier episode, episode 16, I made the mistake of suggesting coronaviruses had not been implicated in, implicated in any epidemics or pandemics when I brought up a researcher's idea that a corona, coronavirus may have actually been implicated in the flu pandemic of 1889 to 1890. What I should have said was that before COVID-19, there have not been any pandemics involving coronaviruses with huge numbers of deaths. Because coronaviruses, besides just causing versions of the common cold, were the cause of both SARS in 2002 to 2004 and MERS in 2012 through today. It's interesting that even before our current situation that SARS and MERS were considered a really big deal because really they didn't kill very many people. SARS killed 774, and MERS has killed 934 so far. Even during this time, other pathogens have killed way more in some epidemics, such as over 3,000 died of hand foot and mouth disease in China from 2008 to 2017. 4200 in Zimbabwe died of cholera 2008 to 2009, and over 4,500, in the Democratic Republic of Congo died from the measles in 2010 to 2014, to name a few. Some coronavirus history. Coronaviruses may have existed 8,000 or more years ago. I don't know how they know this. I'm assuming they did um, by sequencing the RNA genome of coronaviruses and working backwards doing evolutionary analyses. I think they can do this type of thing. The first reports of an infection caused by what would later be determined to be a coronavirus occurred in the late 1920s, when an acute respiratory infection of domesticated chickens emerged in North America. Scientists have known of human coronaviruses since the 1960s. There are at least 40 known coronaviruses, Most just infect animals. Seven of them, including the new strain that causes COVID-19, infect humans. Four of those have been around a long time and circulate through people as mild colds. Other viruses can cause colds as well. The other three biggies are SARS-CoV, MERS-CoV, and SARS-CoV-2, which is the one that causes COVID-19. These three have made the jump to humans recently. By the way, CoV just means coronavirus. They have a far higher mortality rate than the other four that just causes colds. All coronaviruses are zoonotic, meaning they start off in animals. They tend not to sicken these animals much because the animals have learned, learned to live with the viruses for some time. Kind of like they just cause a cold in the animal, just like the four coronaviruses that don't cause as much harm. For many reasons, probably mostly, I'm guessing here, probably mostly human intrusion into the wild, the desire for exotic animal trade and meat and climate change, uh, these have accelerated the jump of coronaviruses from animals into humans recently, all in the last 20 years. Coronaviruses are a group of RNA viruses that cause diseases in mammals and birds in humans and birds they cause respiratory tract infections that can range from mild colds to lethal in cows and pigs cows and pigs they cause diarrhea while in mice they cause hepatitis and encephalomyelitis inflammation of the brain and spinal cord many human coronaviruses have their origin in bats SARS-CoV, MERS-CoV, and SARS-CoV two all likely originated in bats. SARS-CoV then spread uh, from infected civets, which are small nocturnal animals, uh, mammals in Asia, to people. While MERS-CoV spreads from infected camels to people, scientists are still trying to determine how SARS-CoV two spread from animal. Uh, from an animal to people. Infected carriers are able to shed viruses into the environment. That's me and you. Coronaviruses mainly target epithelial cells, including connective tissue, muscle tissue, and nervous tissue. Epithelial tissues line the outer surfaces of organs and blood vessels throughout the body, as well as the inner surfaces surfaces of cavities in many internal organs. They are transmitted by either an aerosol surfaces or a fecal-oral route. There are as yet no vaccines or antiviral drugs to prevent or treat human coronavirus infections. They have a characteristic club shape. they have characteristic club-shaped, club-shaped spikes that project from their surface, which in electron micrographs create an image Reminiscent of the solar corona from which their name derives. You've seen the pictures. 2002 to 2004 SARS outbreak was an epidemic involving severe acute respiratory syndrome, SARS, caused by severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus, SARS-CoV, now sometimes called SARS-CoV-1 because it was the original uh, compared to the one we have now. The outbreak was first identified in China in November 2002. The first super spreader, Zhu Zufen, I'm sure I say that wrong, a fishmonger. Fishmonger is a thing. That's a person who sells fish, like wet markets, I guess. I'm not sure I ever knew what a fishmonger was. Anyway, uh, this guy checked into uh, a hospital in China on January 31st 2003 where he infected 30 nurses and doctors the virus soon spread to nearby hospital so a super spreader is just a person more likely to infect others than your average persons uh, person for reasons i don't really know i guess just bad luck the major part of the outbreak lasted only 8 months since since the who declared sars contained in July of 2003. However, there were some cases until May of 2004. Only 27 people in the U.S. got SARS. None of them died. The countries most affected were China, Hong Kong, Taiwan, Canada, which seems like an outlier, and Singapore. Overall, over 8,000 people died from, or I'm sorry, overall, over 8,000 people from 29 different countries and territories were infected, and at least 774 died worldwide. The outbreak was largely brought under control by simple public health measures. Testing people with symptoms, isolating and quarantining suspected cases, and restricting travel all had an effect. Since 2012, Excuse me, coughing again. Since 2012, an outbreak of Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, MERS coronavirus, has affected several countries, primarily in its namesake, the Middle East. This coronavirus was first identified in a patient from Saudi Arabia in April 2012. Sporadic cases, small clusters, and large outbreaks have been reported in 24 countries. By May of 2013, 10 of the 22 people who died and 22 of the 44 cases reported were in Saudi Arabia and over 80% were male. This gender disparity is thought to be because most women in Saudi Arabia wear veils that cover the mouth and nose, decreasing their chances of being exposed to the virus. Hey, that's karma, guys. That's what you get. anyway. By June 2013, MERS had infected at least 60 people with cases reported in Jordan, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, Tunisia, Germany, the UK, France, and Italy, with a death toll of 38. In June 2014, Saudi Arabia revised the country's country's total cases of MERS to 688 after re-examining the data more, a total of 282 people had died from mers also a month also that month a study published in the new england journal of medicine indicated that camel to human transmission of the virus was possible in november 2013 a man became ill with mers after tending to a sick camel dna samples taken from the man who eventually died of the virus, and the sick animal were virtually identical. This provided very strong evidence that the man had gotten the virus from the camel. As of June 2015, there were 1,227 confirmed cases, resulting in 449 deaths, a 37% mortality rate. Only two two patients in the U.S. have ever tasted Ever, slow down Tim, ever tested positive for MERS-CoV infection, both in May 2014. Both were healthcare workers who traveled to the U.S. from Saudi Arabia. In the end, from its emergence through January 2020, the WHO has confirmed 2,519 MERS cases and 866 deaths, about one in three. Both SARS and MERS are more deadly than is COVID-19, but are much less contagious. SARS also has severe symptoms, making it more obvious who has the virus, which is actually very helpful. MERS is very hard to pass from person to person, usually only happening from close contact, such as in a healthcare facility. Evidence suggests, suggests MERS transmission is primarily via camel or other animals to persons. Lots of infected camels in the Middle East, I guess. From what I, I am understanding, it's how contagious COVID-19 is that makes it so dangerous, more than its fatality rate, plus the fact we have little in the way of treatment and no vaccine for it. I still can't tw- quite get why SARS and MERS were considered such a big deal and labeled as pandemics, When such a relatively small number died from them, compared to other pandemics, it has nothing to do with COVID-19 because even before now, SARS and MERS were considered a really huge deal. And even at the time, they were a big deal. It's as though scientists knew they were at the beginning of a new set of viral pandemics. My guess is that one, any new type of virus, even if it's just a significantly different strain of a known virus, really world really worries scientists and health policy types. And two, these were the first cases of coronaviruses to be known to be so deadly. Scientists were thinking that this, this could lead to a new era of deadly coronaviruses for which we had no vaccine and still don't. My guess is that if scientists had significantly more resources and had their way, they would have been able to do much more research into coronaviruses, and probably we would have a SARS and MERS vaccine, which at the very least they would have made out of pure scientific interest. That research would possibly mean we would already have a COVID-19 vaccine, as well as treatments ready for it. But... We humans, and especially in America, don't tend to think ahead in that way, to our detriment. You have to wonder how many billions could have been spent, spent on coronavirus research that would have saved us how many trillions today. Okay, I'll get off my soapbox. Uh, to, as evidence for how serious they were taking this even back then, a scholarly article co-written by scientists from the CDC and the POS and the Boston Public Health Commission from 2004, 2004 article states this, The 2003 outbreak of severe acute respiratory syndrome, SARS, shocked the world as it spread swiftly from continent to continent, resulting in greater than 8,000 infections with approximately 10% mortality and a devastating effect on local and regional economies. CDC's team recovered the virus from specimens and characterized it as a novel coronavirus. The potential for global global spread of SARS was quickly recognized by the World Health Organization. The Global Outbreak Alert and Response Network was activated to help identify and deploy volunteers from around the world to assist the most severely affected nations, and the WHO rapidly issued several recommendations to help nations control outbreaks and prevent spread. Likewise, I found a 2014 CDC uh, note where they had planned a swift response to the possibility of MERS becoming a serious situation in the U.S. One wonders what all went wrong this time. That's it for today.